0: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, join us now. How are you, man?
1: Doing well, thanks. Good, good. Gordon's up pretty late tonight, isn't he? <laughs> this, well, is, uh, this is this is two out of three two, uh, two nights in a row, man. What's going on? With what
0: you? happened to Lacombe? Like he took a night off, thought that
1: was like a pretty cool thing, and thought he would mix it into a little regularity.
2: Yeah, make it a make it the huge no, uh,
1: he, he
3: was he was tired, like the jazz, you,
1: you yeah. know, Gordon. You're not 16 anymore. When the news go off, I know what happens when the news goes off. The yeah, news is watching you. <laughs> the TV watches you. You know,
3: you know, Booner's my hero. You know, he's like, uh, he's like 95 years old and he looks like he's 30. So, I mean, whatever you're doing, I want to copy that.
0: The stories I could tell. <laughs> Travel with, you know, you got to have a lot of self-confidence. To be hanging with a seventy-year-old guy, guy who gets all the attention. I,
3: I look, a hey, hey Booner, I've told you this before. You know, I've got a, I've got five daughters, and when they think of Ron Boone, they think of those pretty eyes. I mean, I, I mean, it's that's just the way it is, you know. I mean, some guys have it, some don't.
1: Whatever. He just hey. sits
0: there and chuckles. <laughs> it's just his life story. They but, don't work anymore, <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> that's not true.
2: I got to tell you this is that we've done a lot of crosstalks over the past several years and this is the first time Booner's eyes have come up. So that's nice, that's you good. know. It yeah. also
0: is like a sign that we're tired too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, here I got a funny story if we're just going to tell silly stories, I got to share the story. I think this was so funny. So the other night, Matt Harpering right before the game is like running up and down a little broadcast area. Anybody got throat lozenges? Anyone got throat lozenges? <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, he, and he comes right to me, like, You got throat lozenges? And I was like, No, actually, I don't. He looks at me and literally says, What the f- are you talking about? You have every concoction in the world. <laughs> Which, on every other NBA season that I've ever been a part of, is completely 100% true. In fact, we ran the <laughs> highlights of me. Knee- on Kobe's night, which is tonight, five years. I have no voice left at that point of the season. Yeah. Like, allergies have kicked in. April's a disaster. And I figured it out. Harper's the only one taking a plane. So we're all fine. <laughs> so we like, fatigue this year compared to regular is, like, nothing. But it feels like we've caught an awful lot of basketball games recently. And this one was not the most entertaining of
1: them all which means we can talk about everything about the basketball game huh? right. <laughs> well do you guys think it is fatigue is that is that uh when, uh, when they were missing all those shots down the stretch oh, is yeah. that just a, yeah yeah they yeah. played way too many and boys. then just lost it you know lost interest for the most part i heard you talking about lou Dort. uh
3: my goodness. I mean, what's the deal with this guy? When, when you watch him play against the Jazz, he looks like
1: the best player on the
3: court. But What's the deal?
1: He's had his best nights against the Jazz and, and found, just found out. Davis said he had a pretty good night against Utah State, yeah. right?
0: Amanda <laughs> Smith found out that his career high was 33, and it was against Utah State. So I think we should use this as a recruiting pitch to <laughs> sign him one day.
2: Except for, I think that game was in Vegas. That Utah right, State Right, but, game. I
0: mean, if he just sees Utah in a uniform, he goes off. So that's, if he <laughs> so were that's it. Every night.
2: All right, that's it. Hey, I, re- hey, I remember yeah. Scotty G. I, I think there was a jazz game that night, too. We were talking to him. I can't remember. He says, you keep an eye on this Lou Dort guy.
1: Scotty said that? Yeah, really?
2: when uh, right after that game. That, Scotty uh, evidently
0: knew more than 30 NBA general managers. Apparently. In
2: draft. I'm telling you, I give, give our guy Scotty G credit. He was like, you keep an eye on this dude.
3: So let me ask you guys a question then. If
2: Lou Dort can
3: can sort of evolve into what he is, what do you make of Brantley? Can this kid evolve into into something that might be important in the NBA?
0: All right, so let's go po- – I'll, I'll, I'll dig into this because I love this stuff. So let's go positive and let's, let's then – okay. First thing is Lou Dort was 19 when he entered the NBA, 20 years old, played 19 at Arizona State, played one year. Terrell Brantley played four years at College of Charleston. So – like, and one of them went to Arizona State and one went to College of Charleston. So let's, like, I, I don't think they're starting at the same yard line. <laughs> okay. Okay? Like, that would be the first thing. The second thing is Dort plays with a tenacity and a fight and, uh, like, owning his own space is the way I always talk about it when I'm scouting players. Like, I always watch college players and I want to know if they own their own space. That's the, mm-hmm. one of the first things I watch about a college player. They don't own their own space. They're going to get to the NBA and get owned. Brantley doesn't, for a guy as big as he is, own his own space the same way that Lou Dort owns his own space, okay? So those are the differences. Brantley is really interesting because his skill sets don't match his body. And so he's really, really intriguing. And then you got to figure out from that whether or not that can play in the NBA, right? Not Intriguing is, is, is fun to talk about, but you got to be able to figure out what you do in the NBA. So what I mean by this is, like, he's actually a great ball handler. He's a natural passer. He almost has shooting guard skills. He's not a great shooter. In this middle linebacker power body, that looks like he's playing old, like, uh, Clarence Weatherspoon, back-to-the-basket <laughs> basketball. Like, that's what he looks like, but he's not that. He's actually a ball handler. So the real question is: Is he athletic enough, laterally quick enough to use that strength to become a Lou Dort elite defender? And I don't. What's your guess? I, I don't, I don't think so because I don't think he owns his space as well as Lou Dort does. That's why I brought that up. But, and I don't know if you can learn that. So l-
1: let me not add to that, but take a different approach to that as far as uh, Dort played one year. Obviously, his, his skill level is, was definitely, after one year, way ahead of, of Brantley. Uh, can Brantley get there? You know, Obviously coaches saw something or they see something in him, that there's a possibility that, you know, with playing time, Dork come into the league, he's getting playing time, he's getting a chance to develop. I didn't see this jumper that he was making tonight last season, And, and, and right now he has all the confidence in the world. Brantley goes to a team that doesn't necessarily need his services right now. So his skill level and and his development is I don't know another year away maybe even two years away. Maybe the Jazz trade him and he blossoms somewhere else but I agree with David I think he has a skill level to uh, to get there but David is also said in which I agree with Dork was a more of a defensive player last year, and that's how he ended up on the floor. Now, can Brantley do that and start demanding playing time, which is, you know, another another side of it.
0: The other one, so let's take Royce O'Neal as Brantley's model. Okay. So you made a great point. Like, Royce is our second leading rebounder. Like, can Brantley, like, Royce owns his space, right? Like, Royce owns his space. Can Royce O'Neal, can Brantley go grab 12 rebounds a night like Royce O'Neal has on occasion? Like, that would be a... That would be a big, that would be a big step for him. But what's really the biggest hard, the hardest thing for Brantley to see Royce O'Neill is when Royce O'Neal was at Baylor, he averaged like eleven points a game. When Royce O'Neill went to Europe, he averaged like five points a game. Royce O'Neill was able to take this role of having the lowest usage rate of any player in the NBA and be pretty comfortable with it. Terrell Brantley has to go from being the number one option at College of Charleston for three two, three years, into suddenly being like, oh, I get one or two shots a night. Like, that's a really big adjustment. Bart Taylor, who won the GM of the year last year in the G League, and I were sitting at a practice, why it's so valuable to go to these practices and be able to do these things. And he and I were chatting, and I said, so what's it going to take for these three kids? It was Wright, Foreman, Brantley, and Oni, our second draft picks. He says, the one who figures out how to narrow their game has a chance to play. In other words, all of them had been their number one option at Yale, Hofstra, and College of Charleston. Whichever one figures out how to narrow their game into the few skills we need them to, as a 10th, 9th, 10th, or 11th guy on our roster, will play. Mia One figured it out. I'm a corner three shooter and I'm a defender. I'll narrow my game.
1: I like him rebounding too. I think he does a pretty right. good job of rebounding too. So can Jarrell Brantley
0: narrow his game to you are a defensive player, you're spending 85% of your energy defensively, and you're defensive rebounding with your other. 20%. So
1: he needs playing time in order to do that. Yeah. And, Gordon, this might be your easiest night ever on the on the air. <laughs> <laughs> because we're done well, with you. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'll tell you,
3: I really like what David said. I like that notion of owning your space. Yeah. And when you say that, David, you mean that at both ends of the floor and in all ways, mm-hmm. right? Because you see some college players coming out who get pressured or pushed in one direction or another and and when when I watch Dort play now, at least against the Jazz,
1: he's he's not pressured or pushed by anyone.
4: Right.
3: Well,
1: he he has strength. He has foot speed, and his defense is is excellent. I'd like to see him defend. I don't know, maybe LeBron or or someone with really some uh, strong enough to. Not get pushed around by by dork. I I wouldn't
0: be surprised, and you don't want to give up the number one seed doing this, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a 10-man rotation for some period of the next 15 games, which Brantley gets 10 or 12 minutes a night to reduce the load on everyone else.
1: Makes
3: sense. I'll tell you another (laughs) one thing about Brantley. Jake and I had him on our show And, uh, Jake, weren't you impressed by him? He he seemed uh, articulate and determined, and he talked a lot about playing defense. And I told Quinn about it afterward. I said, hey, he's talking a lot about playing defense, and I think Quinn liked that. Well, he better say something about defense. That's what Quinn wants to hear.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think, and, and personally, I think the Jazz, I think Quinn should cancel practice over the next couple of days and let these guys float on a raft somewhere for a couple of days. Just yeah. relax. Well, huh?
1: Coach Gordon, you probably get your wish because I I, would, I can't imagine tomorrow would be, what what do they call it, David? Um, do as you want day or something? Yeah, yeah.
0: Get, <laughs> get your own day. But they yeah. also have, actually, no, tomorrow will be a lockout. Ron. What's that? Tomorrow will be a lockout. They have days which are they have days which is go get, get your own whatever yeah. you need. Mm-hmm. They also have lockout. I, tomorrow will be a lockout. Tomorrow nobody will you're not allowed to come to the facility. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't. Th- I think they'll yeah. lock, they'll lock them out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Unless you have unless you need medical
1: treatment. All right.
2: Well, we'll let you guys go tonight. Okay. Be well.
1: Hey, Gordon. Yes, sir. Glad you have to talk to me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
0: You know he says that to me every night too. <laughs>
1: Booner. There's
3: only one Booner, man. (laughs) Take care, guys. Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) All right, 106.96 is your final. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott gordon Monson filling in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz uh, end up beating the Thunder in an interesting game, Gordon. As I mentioned, 106-96. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, led the way with 23 points. Donovan Mitchell had 22. But Lou Dort has a career-high 42 points against the Utah Jazz. And it's his season high, obviously, his previous season high coming the first time these two teams met in uh, December when he had 26. So Lou Dort getting up 31 shots, making 16 of them, 7-11 from three. By far, his best offensive game of his entire career, including college.
3: Did I hear someone say before this game started that uh, dude couldn't shoot straight?
2: He's he's not the greatest shooter. <laughs> he's he's really not. Here, give me a second. I'll tell you what he's shooting on the season. But uh, you said it's
3: like thirty some percent or so. Thirty-eight
2: nine from the field, thirty-two nine from three.
3: Hmm. Well. I mean, maybe there is something to him because when he plays the Jazz, he <laughs> he plays like an all-star. Oh, so I mean, he was he was very difficult for the Jazz to handle. What's the deal with six-three players tearing the Jazz up?
2: I think the height thing might be a coincidence, but maybe we
3: should <laughs> think it is, maybe we should still, look into
2: but, it further. I don't know. Maybe there's something. Uh, to look
3: it. up everybody in the league who's six-three and watch <laughs> out.
2: Not six-two. Not no. six four, but the sweet spot right there. Well, six, and those three.
3: things and those things can't be lied about anymore, right? Because they, yeah, they, they all had to take truth serum and measure it up, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook—they uh, they had their way, and now now Lou Dort, forty-two points. My goodness!
2: And the Jazz had a huge third quarter again, outscoring the uh, Thunder thirty-three to sixteen. And I know it was kind of a game there in the fourth, but really, it was over after that that big-time run.
3: You know, the, the kind of effort we saw out of the Thunder down the stretch is how that club is going to be able to get away with doing what it's doing, building for the future. Because a fan base, I imagine, you know, you, you've been you've probably been there to uh, to Oklahoma City and watched the game, Jake. I know that when I've been there, the crowd reminds me a little bit of the crowd here, and the crowd here appreciates, has always appreciated good effort, even when the Jazz were we're kind of turning the corner, you know, going through the transition period and whatnot, the fans, you know, the jazz might not have won back in that time, but jazz fans wanted to see the team out there hustling and working hard. And that's what I see with this young thunder team. And so that buys time for them with their 137 draft picks over the next 10 years or whatever it is, you know, for them to fill in the, uh, fill in the holes. So it, it's it's a good way to do your business, I think.
2: You know, one thing about uh, playing these, I guess, young, uh, I want to say, under talented, but maybe that's a little too harsh. But these these young teams, full of players that uh, are trying to prove themselves, is they mm-hmm. they always play hard.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, the Jazz may end up or, or teams may end up beating them and beating them soundly, but they they usually go out there and I'm trying to think of like Cleveland was that way where they went out and and played really hard, like. I don't know if they have the expectation to win, but maybe it's one of those things where they're just getting, they're getting time and getting able to put something on film and they're going to go out there and and give it their best. So sometimes these games are a little bit tricky just from a sense that, yeah, you know, the jazz may overmatch them from a talent standpoint, but it's not going to be a team that quits. They're going to have to, they're going to go out and and give it and play like their hair's on fire.
3: And and you got to admire that. I mean, Moses Brown out there, I mean, did you know who Moses Brown was? Did you ever pay any attention to Moses Brown? Not
2: really, but he played hard. He did some he's nice par, things. He's
3: part in the Red Sea out there. 15, uh, 15 rebounds. He probably gets tired of all those references. But anyway, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, he, he was a plus 10 tonight in a in a 10-point loss. He's a plus 10. Hmm.
2: Well, the Jazz did come away with a win, one hundred six to ninety six, and uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is uh, coming your way uh, on Friday. This is a weird one, Gordon. Uh, the game will tip off at one o'clock on Friday, and then they have a game uh, that very next day against the uh, against the Lakers that tips off at two thirty. So two random afternoon games in this weird schedule i you know afternoon games on the weekends aren't that much of a surprise but i don't know how many friday afternoon games we've had
3: what any explanation for that
2: it's on nba tv so i don't know if they're doing kind of a a push or an all day type thing but i'm not really sure uh saturday's saturday's game against the lakers will be on espn as well monday's game against the lakers so Uh, Next game will be on uh, Friday against Indiana. Again, tip-off at 1. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some post-game sound. We'll uh, continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz win tonight over the Thunder, 106-96 here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win tonight, 106-96 over the Thunder. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson filling in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game, brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Gordo, tonight the Jazz shot 41.9% from the field. There were 17, excuse me, 47 from three. That's 36.2%, 17 of 20 from the line. You got to like that uh, 20 foul shots. Bogdanovich alone was 10 of 10. Uh, Bogdanovich led the way for the Jazz with 23 tonight. Donovan Mitchell had 22. Uh, Let's see. Mike Conley, 15 and a season-high 14 assists for Mike tonight, who I thought was very good. Uh, Rudy with 13 points, 14 boards, and seven block shots. George, (laughs) Yeah. Mm. George Niang with uh, 18 and 10, his first career triple-double. So big ups to George. And then Jarrell Brantley with 10 coming in off the bench. Um, there, I, I guess tonight, Gordon, here's where I'll start. There wasn't really an extraordinary performance. Like there wasn't a Donovan Mitchell 40 point performance tonight from the team, but a bunch of players did some really nice things. Like George Niang was really, really good. And you uh, were talking to Boone and Locke about Brantley. I thought he was great. I mean, go bear 13 points in the season, high or anything, but you'll take 14 boards in seven blocks. I mean, that, I was pretty darn terrific. And he was six of seven from the field. So a lot of really good performances tonight.
3: Yeah, I I just thought it was kind of, well because they were playing the Oklahoma City dorts, you know. I mean, I I just it was kind of a blah game. It it it, it you know what it felt like? it felt like the last day of school, a little bit for the Jazz. They knew they have uh, some some days off coming up, and they just had to sort of get through this, you know. And that, that's the way I viewed it. And of course, they were shorthanded, and, and they had to deal with that as well. But I really thought, of all the players who usually don't get as much time, Brantley was the most interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, I thought he was interesting on those uh, of those players, and he he certainly played the best. Uh, he shot the ball well. He played good defense. I, I find him intriguing, actually. Because do you he...
3: remember the do you remember the interview we did with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, weren't you impressed by what he was saying? And, and I don't know whether it was just parroting for the open mic or or whether whether he really meant it. But if he meant it, uh, that was demonstrated in his play tonight.
2: I I was impressed this year that he slimmed down a little bit. Like, you know, um, improving your body is is not the easiest thing to do. And so I thought that showed some discipline that he'd, he'd come into the season with a little bit different body type, uh, able to be a different player. Locke was talking about it a little bit in the on the broadcast. And if he can be uh, physical enough and athletic enough to guard wings, um, you know that could be he could be a player that certainly could play his way onto the roster because he's got kind of those physical tools. and then if he can shoot well enough to leave him out there, yeah, I absolutely think they, they could find some more minutes for him. So I'm with you. I thought he was really impressive.
3: And just a discovery like that makes a game like this worth it. I mean, yeah, the Jazz got off to that uh, big lead in the third quarter, and then it sort of evaporated. Uh, uh, well, most some of it evaporated in the fourth quarter, uh, but the Jazz were in control of the game. Um, so what's a game like this useful for? Well, one, it puts another number in the win column and the jazz will take that another uh, scholarship fend- fending off the suns yeah and uh and, and discovering what else she got and if, if if a game like this puts brantley on a path that could be productive and and it it opens up opportunity for him, that in and of itself would have made this game worthwhile. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is determined that that's the way it's going to be, but it might be. Brantley might be able to develop into something. And uh, this might be a, a, an opening door here.
2: All right. Let's, uh, let's get some sound going, Gordon. Let's start things off with jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder.
6: Okay. We'll start with Sarah Todd, desert news. Quinn, what can you tell us about what you saw from trail Brantley tonight?
7: Well, you know, we, we, Sometimes, you know, players, most players at some point have, have heard, you know, keep working, stay ready. You know, you, you never know when your opportunity is going to present itself. And um, J.B.'s done a great job of just doing exactly that. Uh, Vince, Lagarza, and Brian Bailey in the gym working. You know, it's true of all of our young guys. Um, but Jarrell got got an opportunity tonight and came in with a defensive mindset and was able to impact the game.
8: Andy Larson, Solar Tribune. And kind of the obvious question here, but what did you tell the guys when you're down 15, 17 in the first quarter and things don't start very well and to kind of turn things around?
7: Well, I, I think, you know, obviously th- th- we weren't, we didn't have a presence defensively. I thought they were too comfortable. Um, you know, Dort came out making shots and, you know, we had to make it harder on them. You know they got on the offensive glass. There's a number of things that that they were doing well, but we we really weren't providing enough resistance defensively. And then, you know, from that point through really middle through the fourth, um, thought we again lost our focus somewhat uh, during that stretch. But so we've we've got to have you know the, the right frame of mind defensively at the beginning of the game, and you know we've had that at various times this year. Um, and been very good in those situations, whether it's the beginning of the first or the third. Um, But it's something that we're mindful of and we just need to keep, um, you know, focused on.
8: Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. Do you learn something different from the lower usage guys when they start to play uh, with more of the rotation players?
7: Yeah, I think, you know, those guys spend a lot of time staying in shape, playing three on three, playing four on four, And, but when, you know, you're in the game um, in a different setting, as you said, with more guys that are rotational in the, you know, the middle of the game, um, you know, you you have to figure out what your role is and, you know, how you can impact the game is different uh, in that setting than it may be, you know, in a different setting, whether even if it's at the end of the game, when guys come in, you want to see guys play the right way. But, um, you know, when Mie or, Juwan or JB have an opportunity. It's during, during the game, they're, they're out there with, you know, Mike and Rudy and Donovan and Boyan and different guys. And, you know, again, I, I think the one thing that that everybody can do that, that helps the team is to is defend and rebound. And, you know, if that's where your mindset is um, you know, the other stuff tends to, to happen and whether you make a shot or not um, is less important than what you do on the defensive end.
6: Last question, Eric Walden, Salt
9: Lake Tribune. When you give Royce a night off and George comes in and posts 18 and 10, uh, what did you think about his play throughout the night?
7: You know, the good thing about what George did is he didn't, he didn't get outside of himself. That's what he's been doing. He just got, um, you know, he got more opportunity, more minutes. And, you know, sometimes when that happens, um, guys try to do more. And in George's case, what he did was plenty. Um, I thought he really let the game come to him. And he, again, he was focused on the right things defensively and, you know, offensively moving the ball and making quick decisions.
6: That's it. Thank you, Coach.
2: All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder covering a number of different things there, Gordon. But uh, talked about something that you've alluded to uh, a bunch of times, but uh, alluded to tonight. You know, where he said uh, if you want to impact on this team, uh, you should probably play defense and rebound.
3: Yep, and the Jazz are in need of that intensified defense of late. And, uh, I mean, tonight they're playing the worst offensive team in the league. And (laughs) before the game... Didn't you predict that they would hold the the Thunder to, what did you say, 80 or 90?
2: I said below 90, maybe uh-huh. below 80. I was close, not right. You were but close. I was close. Even
3: with Dort going off the way he did, he scored nearly half his team's points. Oh,
2: if but, Dort didn't have the game he had? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma City would have had a real trouble putting it in the basket. But
3: he did have that game, and the Jazz really uh, struggled to slow him down. And uh, you know, I mean, that's something that we've talked a lot about uh, perimeter defense. So the yes, so yeah, and so yeah, and they
2: didn't have their guy in Royce. I mean, right? You know, right. that's that's tough because that's exactly the assignment Royce gets every night. And they just don't, you know, what they need, Gordon, and, and maybe this combines our Brantley conversation. They need another player that can yeah. can pick up that duty when either Royce isn't there or he needs a breather.
3: Exactly right, and and, and you know, is Royce enough against the best teams in the West? I this is what we're going to find out. I didn't I didn't really feel I didn't hear a lot of joy in Quinn Snyder's voice tonight. I, I'm not sure maybe he's a little tired too, but he he didn't sound overly pleased by what he saw.
2: Uh, Gordon, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But as somebody who sits here and listens to every word that Quinn Snyder <laughs> says during the postgame, I don't know how many of them have been joyful. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to look at you. Have we had many joyful postgame <laughs> press conferences this year, Alex? Shaking his head, no. So, oh uh,
3: we, well, you can hear it. You can hear it when it's there.
2: And uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I hear you, but that's pretty similar to to every press conference. <laughs> <Every press night. laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Honestly, the one that stands out the most is is the first game back from All Star break uh, when they beat Houston, but played so badly doing it. Uh-huh. And yeah. he was mad. <laughs> uh, you know, they, it, for the most part, his demeanor is really, really consistent. But in that game, he was mad and it was obvious.
3: Well, this reminded me a little bit the way Quinn was talking tonight of the way Jerry used to do it, because there were a lot of games that jazz would win. And, and that's when Jerry would sort of be angry.
2: You tell me this. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of his rule of thumb? Yeah. I don't know how much he talked about it, but wasn't that his rule of thumb where when his team lost, he would never be overly critical and kind of talk about the other team? And when his team won, that's when he would get in his criticisms?
3: Oh, there were so many times, especially in big games and in playoff games, where I remember talking to Jerry after a win, and he would be he would be fired up, not in a, oh, my team was great tonight, but no, they, they've got to do this, this, and that. And then other games, when they would lose, that's when he would build his team up and say, all right, this is, when, this is the best thing about this is we're going to find out what we're made of. And we've all heard those, those comments. I
2: remember he'd go Lou Holtz on it, too, and just talk about the other team and how great they were.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, he, I, I really got to the point where I believed him, uh, where he, he was eager to see how his guys were going to respond. And uh, remember that game, Game 5 against the Bulls back in the day when everybody thought that there was no way the Jazz could win that game in the finals, and they came out and won, <laughs> they won that game, bringing it back to Salt Lake, and then we know what happened after that. But uh, but but Jerry, he had his team somehow queued up in a positive way to win that, that Game 5 that uh, I didn't think they could win. But anyway... Quinn, I think, is is a little bit wired that way. He he's not even you know, I believe him when he says he's about improvement. Here the Jazz are with the best record in the NBA, and he says that it's about improvement. Not necessarily necessarily about wins and losses. And and, and you can you can disbelieve that if you want. But when he sees a game like this tonight, I think what was going through his mind as he was talking and being asked those questions and many of them were positive about positive performances. He's looking at the hole, not the donut. You know, he, he's looking at what didn't go right, and that's what he's thinking about. And tell you the truth, that's what he'll be thinking about, oh, about four hours from now when he's still awake.
2: 106 to 96 is your final Jazz Beat the Thunder. I want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer and official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. We will get you more post-game sound coming up next. Stay tuned. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson in for Tim LaCombe tonight. 106 to 96 is your final. Let's get a look at your points in the paint brought to you by Pro Painter's. Call 1 800, go CERTA, visit CERTAPRO.com. That's CERTA with a C. We do painting you. Do life. Uh, points in the paint tonight, uh, Gordon. 36 to 32, Oklahoma City outscored the Jazz, which surprises that, me a little bit because yeah, it seemed like every time Oklahoma City got in the paint, Rudy was getting a block shot.
3: <laughs> Seven tonight. Seven. They kept challenging him.
2: I know. You know? It reminded me oh, man, who is the player? On that night, he almost went for 10. That was just obsessed. Rudy, Rudy blocked like four of his shots because he just would not <laughs> He would not take no for an answer. I'll have to go back and look at
3: that. The thing about that is that of all the things that can happen to an NBA player, the, it seems like on the court, the most embarrassing one is a blocked shot. They hate that. It's almost like a machismo thing. Like, how dare you block my shot? And so for someone to continue to go at him, even after he's being rejected time and time again, is well, well, it's remarkable, but it's also not the most intelligent move.
2: Well, see, I okay. So I, let me run a run a theory by you. All right. So this is this is kind of my theory because it happens every night where where somebody, particularly a guard or maybe a wing, gets Rudy switched onto him and thinks they can either take a jumper and Rudy gets a piece of the jumper, uh-huh. or they can get to the basket on him, which as we've seen time and time again. Uh, just does not go well, but Rudy. I think Rudy doesn't appear as athletic as he is. It's kind of like a like a funhouse mirror kind of thing where you you look at Rudy and you think, okay, kind of gangly, and you know he's got those long limbs. So when he runs, he doesn't exactly look like Carl Lewis. You know what I mean? And so I think I think players. Uh, underestimate how athletic he is and how much ground he can cover. And they think, oh, yeah, I'll take this guy. And then it just ends badly. And that's why we usually only see the players like that try it once. And then they don't do it anymore. And that's where Rudy's impact on the game is truly felt, right? Where they get into the paint and turn around and just scurry right back out because of what you're talking about. But <laughs> I think it. it's because they underestimate how how truly athletic Rudy is.
3: Well, as my dad used to say, there's an easy way and a hard way. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, maybe it takes a time or two. You'd think that folks would know that off a of film, but uh, I I saw it tonight. I saw a number of times where a player would turn and and Rudy would be there, and they would dribble right back out.
2: Well, who was the player learned the lesson the hard way tonight? Was that was it Ty Jerome that got matched up with Rudy one on one, and Rudy just absolutely spiked it. I mean, maybe yeah, there are a couple of examples, but there was one in particular in that third quarter that was just really, really obvious.
3: He's better off shooting from half court with a half a second left on the shot clock. Well,
2: well, he proved that, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I don't know, uh, Gordon. Uh, with Rudy, it, it reminds me of the, the crooked games at the carnival, right, where you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course I can get this ring over that uh, horn or whatever. And then little do you know the horn is bigger than the ring and you'll never get it on, you know. I think Did they, you just compare Rudy Gobert to a Carney? No, a game, crooked carnival game where you underestimate how easy it's going to be. You think, <laughs> okay. oh, this is simple, you know, but yeah. you don't realize, like at the carnival, when you're trying to shoot the basketball into the hoop, the hoop is smaller than the basketball, you know, and you're never going to make it. But you think, oh, it's like five feet away, no problem. I think. Well, I, think okay. I think players think, oh, this, I'm going to go right around this dude. And well, what
3: happened tonight in this game? <laughs> what happened in this game is the exact reason that Ben Simmons is wrong about Rudy Gobert because he does have this effect on games that go far beyond the guy yeah. he's covering.
2: And Ben Simmons doesn't have that impact. I totally agree with you.
3: Yeah. yeah. And if you didn't see what Ben said, then you're, you're probably, if you're a jazz fan, you're better off
2: not knowing because it'll just make you mad. Uh, and I don't feel like rehashing that garbage. No, that no, just no a, we don't need to.
3: But what, what, what do you make of the fact that, uh, that the Thunder... We're able to outscore the Jazz in the paint with Rudy being there.
2: I'll tell you this, Gordon, that stat, and we love our friends at CertiPro Pro Painters, and we're glad that we have their uh, participation, and we're glad we have that feature. But honestly, I think that stat is meaning less and less as the years go on. And the reason? Um, Because no longer is it your old school Jerry Sloan where you're trying to get as many shots as you can as close to the basket as you can. But I I'm, I don't know if I have a real working theory for you on this one. Although Gordon, I'll see, you know, the Jazz just punish teams by thirty, but yet they'll get outscored in the paint by fifteen.
3: Well, the Wizards, for instance, last night, they they uh, they had their way with those sort of in between shots, right? I mean, but but
2: there's also a big difference between shots in the restricted area and shots in the paint. Sure. Non restricted. I mean, it's just not as specific a stat as I think it used to be.
3: Well, still, shots, the two most popular, the most favorable shots in the league, even to this day. Still, I think number one is at the rim. And number two is the three-point shot, if I'm remembering. Well, it could be the other order. I'm not exactly sure which. But obviously, that is a very desirable shot that teams love to to manufacture for themselves if they can. And that's usually where Rudy is, uh, well, Rudy.
2: Yeah, but it depends on the shot. I mean, your guy, oh, why am I going blank for the Wizards who had like 10 points in the first quarter hitting those little like 8-footers or 10-footers or whatever they were. I mean, those are technically points in the paint, but are they what you consider a shot at the rim or even a good shot? Mind you, even though those went in? No, no. So, be- uh, and, and, you know, the Jazz get a lot of stuff in transition where they'd rather take the three than take the layup. And so I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's it's not as consistent a stat, I think, as it used to be. Okay. All right. But I'm glad we go over it because, I, I mean, it does tell a story. I don't know what it told tonight, though. <laughs> well, would you this say game, the Jazz were dominated physically in no, this game? But yet no. they're outscored in the paint. Yeah.
3: They just had trouble containing uh, Lou Dort. That's what they had trouble with. Everything else was okay. Right. There was one guy out there who was happened to be 6'3", who was very difficult for them to guard.
10: Right. If you
3: didn't get the 6'3 reference, I apologize. That's,
2: uh, that was uh, the last reference from earlier. That's all right. Well, let's get some more postgame sound, Gordon. Uh, let's go down to the media room, and let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich.
6: Hey, Boyan. First up, we'll have Sarah Todd, Desert News on it looked like it was uh a little painful when rudy was helping you up after you fell on the ground uh how is your wrist doing right now and uh, did, how, did that affect you at all
11: i mean it didn't affect me today but whenever i get a get a hit he was he really pulled me hard from a from uh from a ground so i gotta got, a, I got a used to that so yeah it's it's kind of kind of painful but it's just for uh for a couple moments after after that and then i'm I'm fine, so it didn't affect me at all.
8: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Okay, you were able to get to the basket pretty often tonight, it was and, and with some success too. I mean, was there uh, something you were doing differently or or had a, a uh, emphasis on in order to do that tonight?
11: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we had a couple couple guys out on this on this back to back, so we ran more way more set offenses for me so I was able to to get to the to the basket and and, and draw the foul even I didn't start the start the game well so just I was just trying to be to be more aggressive these these two games.
6: Matt Cole's AP
9: What was the the problem at the beginning of the game and 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 then at the end it seemed like the beginning and the end there was a little bit of a lack of focus
11: we can, we kind of start a game without without any 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 energy both offensively and and, and defensively so we got to be we got to be very better we had a couple games this season Starting, starting that way, and then against against great team, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get back and and and, and win the game. So so we did a pretty pretty good job, second and, and third third quarter defending and, and and running on offensively shooting threes. George George hit a six or seven threes tonight. So yeah, we, we need a we need a better start, but by but by collectively.
6: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
9: Leon, what does it say that on a night when you are without Royce and Jordan and Joe, that you can have a George step into the lineup, you can have a Jarrell Brantley play twenty-two minutes and, and be
11: solid and uh, just have guys step into roles like that? Listen, credit, credit to them for uh for this win for sure. It's it's tough for them to to be out of, out of rotation. And then suddenly you need them to play, to play 30 minutes. So they're, they're doing great job taking care of, of their bodies. Stay, staying in a shape, working on, on, on their games. And like you, like you mentioned, uh, like you mentioned JB had a, had a great game tonight, both offensively and, and, and defensively.
8: Ryan Miller, KSL. Obi, do you change the way you play at all when guys are out?
11: Me particularly, or or, or our team.
8: Uh, you particularly.
11: I mean, we are running, we are running set of fences, but uh, instead of running for for someone else, I mean, there is like 30, 30 more shots over there. So so I'm I'm first to first to Donovan when 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 Mike, Joe, and and then JC are out. So of course that I have to be aggressive. It's normal that I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have more more shots, more touches. So. So it's great. It's great how we how we manage the shot, basically. No matter who is uh, who is on the floor or who is out.
6: Follow up from Andy Larson.
8: Well, you just uh, you guys are on pace for the most three point shots ever in league history as as a team. And I'm curious, kind of, when when you were sitting out during the bubble, was there a point when you kind of came back and realized, holy cow, we can take a whole lot more shots, a whole lot more threes than we did last year, even though we kind of have the
11: same group no of course especially especially the way the way donovan is is playing right now so the all, all all the defense it's it's focused on him and and then we are playing we are playing great defense our our first and primary offense is it's it's our it's our transition and and, and that's that's the part of the game that that we struggle if we don't if we don't guard so if we guard we can we can really, really shoot a three and no matter who is on the floor, JB hit a couple, couple tonight, George, even he got a, he got more minutes. He's going to, he's going to take them. So we are really doing great job taking the trees.
6: Last one, follow up from Eric Walden.
9: Well, Now that you guys are down below 20 games remaining in the regular season and you have a night like tonight where Royce takes a night off to rest. How do you kind of, Strike the right balance between not burning guys out and winning enough games to keep the number one seed and and to keep getting better every night.
11: I mean, like I mentioned, our our young guys did a great job there, staying in a in a shape, keeping their body, taking care of the of their body. So it's gonna be. I I think personally, that's gonna be huge if you finish first or or, or, or second. So. Even resting the guys, we are we are doing a great job. Last night we had a we had a tough one. So no matter what a what coaching staff decide who they're gonna rest or if they're gonna rest the guys, I think that we have enough quality to 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 beat anybody in this league.
6: That's it. Thank you, Boyan.
2: There's Boyan Bogdanovich, 23 points tonight. Gordon six 14 shooting, 10 of 10 from the line, seven rebounds, one assist. He was only one of three from three tonight, but he's uh, quietly put together a few nice games, Gordon, as he's uh, hes playing much better.
3: So I want to compliment uh, Boyan by maybe insulting him. Oh, boy. By calling him, you know, Pinocchio or whatever. Gordon, you're calling I him a-, a liar? I could almost see his nose blowing through the window when, when he said that when uh, when he fell to the to the court and Rudy helped him up, that his wrist hurt for a minute, and then it went away completely. Does pain just go away like that?
2: I, I don't know, Gordon. But are, are you at least come around with that wrist is still an issue? Because you and I have argued about that a little bit. Yeah, well, Did you see I, the video I mean, of it when Rudy pulled on it? Like, yeah. it was all over Twitter. I mean, he was obviously in some yes. pain.
3: Yes, and so... And so, uh, but uh, this is this is what I mean by that. I'm not sitting here calling him a liar. Oh, what a liar! You know, I'm calling him a tough guy, who doesn't want to make an issue out of something. I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't believe him if he said he's not feeling something there. And and he, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to draw attention to that. Well, he flex it.
8: He
2: hasn't missed games in his career, Gordon. I mean, he's been kind of famous for that where he just yeah. he just plays through.
3: So, he's 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 tough and mm-hmm. and I think that has a positive effect on the team as a whole. But uh I I think you're you're probably right. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily in pain in with every shot, but I, I do think that that thing is a bit of an issue. He's
2: still, still. he's still dealing with it. You know, uh Yeah. Uh, don't want to go personal with you, Gordon, but, uh, but you uh, put your body through a little chaos this past summer. And I'm sure, uh, (laughs) I'm sure there are a couple of things you're still dealing with, still dealing with. And uh, granted, you're not a professional athlete, but I think it's, you know, it's just kind of human takes, takes a little while to get fully back. Right.
3: Yeah. Back when I was a stellar athlete, um, I used to, you know, when you get dinged up a little bit, it does take a while. And now that that, what Jake was referring to is I had a bike accident uh, over the summer. Hey, it roughed yeah.
2: yourself up pretty good, thank you. We're yeah, glad it you're was, still with us. Yeah,
3: It, <laughs> it was. I, I still feel it a little bit. I'm sure but, you uh, do.
2: I, in all yeah. honesty, I'm sure you do. Because it, it takes a while to get over something like that in your, in your case. But in, in Bogdanovich, I think a surgery is similar. I think it, it sticks with you a little bit for a while.
3: And think about it. When you're going out to do battle uh, five times in seven, seven nights. Yeah. You know, I you're mean, not, that,
2: you're that, not exactly resting it.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, that is sort of the key word in the aftermath of this game tonight is rest. And, and I understand what Quinn said last night, that all the teams are going through this stuff. And that's why we see sort of these wild variations, really high quality teams losing teams that are substantially uh, inferior to them. It's, it's just part of the schedule this year and that's going to happen. It's going to happen to the jazz. It's going to happen again to the jazz, but it's happening to a lot of teams around the league. So it's part of this, this you know just this, this compacted schedule that's difficult for even professional athletes who get great help from trainers and from medical staff who, who you know put Humpty Dumpty back together again so they can go the next night. But these next couple of days where the Jazz can rest, I, I, I really think it's huge, both mentally and physically. Uh, I, I, the Jazz need to refocus now because they've sort of – what have they lost now, Jake? What, what's it been uh, I, over the last few games? I mean, they've lost a couple times, and they, they I think they're better than what we've seen out of them uh, in some of these games, and they just need to to put themselves back together. Yeah. So, uh, that we'll see how it goes from here with these road games coming up.
2: All right, let's go back down to the media room and let's hear from
9: Rudy Gobert. All
6: right. We'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
9: Hey Rudy. So obviously you guys got off to a bit of a slow start and you finished a bit slow as well. Um, What's one, what's behind kind of those slow bookends to the game and what changed in between?
10: I think, uh, we started the game a little too comfortable, you know, the, the young team and, you know, they are fresh and they all want to, you know, prove themselves and they, they have talent, you know, so they started the game firing and, uh, took us a little bit to react. But once we started to get more physical, to play defense, to, to communicate, you know, we, we got back in this game and, uh. You know, when we, when we defend like that, it, it fuels our offense, you know, and when we move the ball offensively like we did, um, it fuels our defense.
6: Matt Coles, AP.
9: Rudy, it seems, I know that you don't think blocks are the most important thing when you're playing defense, but it seems like they come in bunches. When you had four in the third quarter, what was going right to allow you to get to so many balls?
10: I mean, I just try to do the same thing that I always do. You know, which is uh, make sure the other team doesn't score. And uh, if they score, it's going to be shots that uh, they're not comfortable taking, you know, and contested. And, uh, you know, they kept attacking the rim, you know, so I kept being there. (laughs) That's it. Andy
6: Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
8: Rudy, when... You guys kind of came into the season or came into the bubble last year. Was there a point where Quinn Snyder kind of got you guys all together and said, "Hey, we want to take a lot more threes than we were in the regular season last year"? Because you're on the pace to set the record in terms of threes made.
10: He did, and uh, he was speaking specifically about catch and shoot threes because the percentage is when we shoot catch and shoot threes is is is, is much better than uh, threes of the dribble, and uh, and obviously when we when the threes come from one of your teammates passing you the ball, obviously, it connects us even more and it uh, makes us better and harder to guard. And, you know, I think for, except the last few games and today, I think we did a great job, you know, for the most part, we've been doing a great job, you know, uh, finding the open shooters and uh, and we got so many great shooters on this team that, uh, you know, when we do that and we are willing to do that, it's really, really hard to to guard us. Christos Saltos, Sport DNA out of Greece. Hello, Rudy. Congratulations on the win. How important
11: you. for you was to bounce back after a tough loss last night? And what would you like to, to improve after, uh, from tonight's game?
10: I think uh, from tonight's game, I think we just need to start the game better. You know, we we got to start with a little more uh, physicality, you know, especially defensively. And, uh, and then it's going to dictate the whole game. Um, you know, we started the game... Uh, a little soft and, uh, you know, they, they got a lot of confidence and, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, they sometimes we don't come back from this, you know, against a team that has more experience. Uh, you give a team a lot of confidence like we gave them early in the game and it, it makes it a lot harder for us defensively. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, consistency, you know, mindset, focus. Uh, even when we, we don't have the legs and we're a little tired, we need to make sure that we have the focus and, uh, you know, the, 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 toughness, uh, mentally, you know, to, to start the game, uh, and, uh, and be more physical.
6: Last one, Eric Walden.
9: Rudy, down the stretch run of the regular season, what do you need to do to kind of find the right balance between winning games, uh, to keep improving as a team and, you know, maybe to get a little bit of rust, uh, like Royce tonight?
10: I think the number one thing, um, you know, for us, taking care of ourselves, you know, uh, what we do outside the court, where we eat, uh, the recovery, the work, you know, all that stuff is is it's is a big factor, uh, you know, especially over a long period of time, and coming into the playoffs, I think it it makes a big difference, um, and and then communication, you know, communicate with the with the with the staff. Uh, you know, uh, that's it. I mean, listening to your body, uh, you know, there's some days when you feel tired. I mean, personally, some days I feel really tired, but um, I try to, you know, tell myself that I'm not. And once, once once the game comes, you know, I'm a little excited. And, you know, especially when people talk, uh, I'm a little excited. And, uh, you know, it makes me want to, you know, be there for my team every night, you know, because it's competition. But yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta. I have also I have to, you know, listen to my body and uh, be smart and uh, the same for everybody. You know, we obviously we wanna, you know, keep the first seed, but uh, keeping our health, I think, is uh, even more important.
6: Okay, that's it. Thank you, Rudy.
2: There you go. Rudy Gobert, uh, who tonight, Rudy had 13 points, 14 rebounds, and seven blocked shots. And of course, Rudy was your master of the glass brought to you by Safe Light Autoglass. Uh, back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred AutoGlass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, SafeLight will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Your final score, 106 to 96. will get you more sound from the locker room coming uh, right around the corner. More analysis as well as uh, the Jazz win. It's your Jazz Game Night post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final, Jazz beat the Thunder 106-96. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, kind enough to fill in for Coach Lacombe. Uh, tonight, let's get to your three-point speed feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Gordon, tonight, the Jazz 17-47 from three, 36.2%. They were led by... Let's see here. They were led by technically Jarrell Brandley, who was two for three. Mike Conley was three for six. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, four for nine. George Nien, six for 13. Bogdanovich, one for three. Matt Thomas, one for eight.
3: Do you think that those percentages are acceptable by the Jazz? Because it's below what their standard is. But do you think that's good enough?
2: Yes. You got to love the attempts. Keep an eye on those attempt numbers. And Forty-seven is a great number for them from the attempt standpoint, and you know, thirty-six point two is not at their average. But you, you know, you forget that their average is what thirty-nine and a half, and that's yeah, a little
3: bit south of that. I think it's about thirty. Well, it was thirty-nine point two, but I'm not sure what it is right now.
2: But uh, which is good for last I checked, third in the league, something like that. So I mean, that's Four, pretty, seven, right. that's pretty extraordinary. They're third in the league at thirty-nine. Oh, are they? yeah
9: okay
3: well yeah uh they it's obviously what Quinn wants them to do, and I thought that was interesting that Rudy was asked that question because sometimes big men they don't they don't necessarily well they're not overly eager to accept uh their teammates jacking up those three point shots all the time. why because well, they kind of like to see the ball themselves every once in a while, you know but uh That's what the Jazz want to do. They want to shoot deep, and they also want to feed Rudy. I thought that was interesting that early on in that game, he really wasn't getting the ball that much. He got it a little more. But do you think uh, this is a trend we're seeing? Do you think that'll flip around?
2: I think it's how teams are playing them. Yeah. And so, you know, when their threes are inconsistent or they're missing guys, you know, um, two guys who, uh, shoot at times over 40% from three and Royce O'Neal and, uh, you know, Joe Ingles certainly is up around 50 and Jordan Clarkson's in the forties too. I mean, you're missing those guys. You're probably going to cheat on Rudy more because there just aren't guys out there going to make you pay.
3: Didn't you think though, that, that Rudy would be able to have his way a little bit with Moses?
2: I, I liked Moses, but I, I don't know. Rudy is so dependent on other players. So it's hard to say is Rudy going to go out there and have his way because it's not like Carl Malone back in the day where he just would go to work. <laughs> I mean, Rudy, it's it, it. other stuff has to work for Rudy to get a bucket. And Mike Conley threw him some beautiful alley-oops tonight, but that requires Mike Conley to beat his guy and get Rudy's guy to cover Mike enough that that lob is open. So there are a lot of, like, X factors other than just Rudy is matching up against player whoever.
3: Well, you and I have talked in the past about Rudy developing to the point where he can score when there's a man between him and the basket.
2: Right, but that's different than go to work, big fella. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> about I'm talking about finishing on the pick and roll when they drop the big, not necessarily like clear everybody out of the lane and let Rudy go to work. I, he's not there yet.
3: At the defensive end, I thought Rudy during his interview there used a phrase that I think uh, was pretty profound, actually. He said he was "quote unquote" being there <laughs> at the defensive end, and I thought that was so true. You know, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be there and uh, disrupt. So let's get also. Some- I also I want to also compliment Rudy on his improving English, man. We're pretty impressive, don't you? Have you noticed how his English has improved?
2: No, because I think it's been really good for, like, a long time. You mean improved, like, lately?
3: No, it just says the years have gone by. He seems to be uh, – he speaks better English than you do.
2: Well, I agree with that, but I think that's been true for quite some time. <laughs> but, but okay, I get what you're saying. I give anybody credit for for tackling a second language. I mean, yeah. I, I think that takes actually a lot of courage, considering how many people he gets up and speaks in front of on a pretty mm. much nightly basis. Um, let's get some more post-game sound going, Gordo. Uh, let's now hear from George George Nying.
6: All right, we'll start with Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, George. Um, You know, you have Royce resting tonight and a couple other guys sitting out taking care of, you know, little injuries and bumps and bruises. Um, Has there been a little bit of extra messaging maybe from the health performance staff or the coaching staff on uh, paying attention to your guys' bodies and maybe letting them know when you might need a night off?
5: Yeah, for sure. I I think that's super important, especially, you know, with the amount of games that we were playing in a short period of time. Um, But, you know, I really don't, I don't want to say I don't pay attention to that because we have such a great health and performance staff that, you know, is constantly, you know, in communication with us, the coaches of how much we're doing um, and what we should be doing. So uh, that's all in, you know, preparation of the, the game and, you know, that's all sought out before, you know, anything major happens. So I'm just thankful that we have them on our side to, you know, sometimes be precautious and and hold us out when, you know, we're getting going too much.
8: Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. George, is there a different flow to the game when you start? What do you notice that's different?
5: Um, you know, obviously I just go in there and and play my game. Uh, I I don't really, you know, see any difference. My role is, you know, to space the floor and make shots and sometimes get in there and and play make, uh, for others. Um, obviously, you know, starting is my first start of this year, but you know, you got to have the confidence to believe that you can start in the NBA and, and I do. So uh, I didn't take it as anything new. I treated this game just like any other. And I just wanted to go out there and and do what I do on a daily basis. I think when people try to do stuff that they're not capable of, that's when bad stuff happens.
8: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. George, what did you make of Jarrell Brantley's game today? And then what is he kind of like off the court in practice, that kind of thing?
5: <laughs> Jarrell is probably just as loud and happy and outgoing as I am. Um, he's a He's a great dude, and I'm so happy for him because he stayed – as we like to say, as young kids like to say, 10 toes down and, you know, kept grinding through everything, whether if it was, you know, being inactive or not playing um or getting a little bit of minutes here, he just stayed true to who he was and kept his head down and kept working. And you know what I mean? The, the proof is in the pudding, the kid put in the work and he got to go out there tonight and show it off. And I think, you know, I don't say we weren't impressed because we're, we know he's capable of it, but obviously we were impressed to see him do that in a game. Um, and, but more, more importantly, just super happy for him because, you know, like I said before, you know, I, I know the grind of being on a two way and, you know, getting your opportunities and wanting to hit a grand slam. And he definitely did that. So I'm happy, you know, that he got to get out there and perform and played as well as he did.
6: And a green ABC four.
1: Hey, George, knowing that uh this more of the scoring load was gonna fall on you and your start, um, hitting that first shot, how big a uh, how big was that for you to hit that first one? It seemed like it opened the floodgates for you in the in the in the first half where with, with four three pointers.
5: Uh, Dana, I don't know if you know, but my first one was a corner three and I missed it. But the second one went in. So that one opened the floodgates. So we'll, All right, we'll second, keep one, no, second one. Yeah, no, it was uh it was good. I mean, obviously when you get to see shots go in, it's great. Um, but you know, more importantly, I try to get lost in the game. Um, I really don't try to focus on making shots cause then you put in too much pressure on yourself. I kind of just let the game come to me and really, uh, do as I do.
9: That was good
6: too.
5: <laughs>
9: so you played well and you got 13 three point attempts, but you guys found yourselves down 17. What was going through your mind or collectively as a team to, to say, how can we get back into this one?
5: Matthew, uh, you know, I told myself I'd choose positivity in 2021, so we're not going to talk about how we got down 17. No, I mean, it It happens, you know what I mean? They came out ready to play, and we've blitzed teams before, and they blitzed, they blitzed us, so our backs were up against the wall, and we had to respond, and we have a great group of guys that, you know, are resilient, so we got to, you know, make it happen and play jazz basketball, and the rest is history.
6: Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune
9: on a night like this when you're missing Joe and JC due to injury and then Royce is sitting out for rest. How do you kind of strike the balance down the stretch run of the season between maybe getting the occasional rest for a rotation regular and also still trying to win games and hold on to the number one seed and still trying to get better as a team game by game?
5: Are you talking about like what I would what I would do? Or are you uh, like the team in general? we had, listen, that is way out of my pay grade. Um, the okay, coaching, you, staff, okay. the and coaching staff and the tra- the coaching staff and the training staff, they do a great job of managing all that, um, throughout the year. Um, you know, I like to stay in my lane because when I get out of my lane, that's how you get hit by a Mack truck. So I have, you know I mean? I, I just come to work every day, do what I do, but I, I think they have a good grasp on, you know, resting guys and figuring out what guys need. Um, yeah, the minivan still trucking. That's all I got for you.
6: Okay, that's it. Thank you, George.
2: Nice night from George Niang. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, did it on 6 of 14, shooting 6 of 13 from 3, and got the start tonight, Gordon.
3: I like what he said about feeling confident uh, as as though he is a starter. Uh, even though he usually doesn't start, uh, he feels like he, he belongs. And, and you can see that in the comfort of his shot.
2: Yeah, I agree. I liked how he said he gets lost in the game, too. That's how I feel in our show sometimes. Just <laughs> Although lost in
3: the he show. said he likes to let the game come to him. What the heck's that mean?
2: That's my least favorite cliche ever. I have no idea what that means. either. Uh, <laughs> let's get some more sound from the postgame, Gordon. How about this? Let's hear from Jarrell Brantley. Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Jarrell. Uh...
6: When you've got a night like tonight, you know you're going to be getting a little bit more minutes. What's the sort of the first thing that goes through your mind that you you want to maybe produce or do on the court?
4: Uh, just focus on the little things. Uh, it's amazing to be out there with a you know the number one team and to learn on a day in and day out basis. Um, today is just a day where I get to show it, um, show that I've been paying attention and learning, and I got a lot of guys to learn from. So for me, it's a blessing, uh, and it was another blessing to be out there and play with them. So. You know, just got to keep letting the days add up.
6: <laughs> Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey
8: Jarrell I noticed that, in, like during breaks in the game, you and Donovan would be talking. Uh, what were those conversations like? What was he telling
4: you? Yeah, no, nah, I, I try to pick Don's brain uh, as much as I can, and honestly, in those times, I want them to feel comfortable, understanding that I've been paying attention. Like I said, I want them to know that I know their their movements and uh, that they can depend on me. So I think a lot of that is just allowing him to know, like, I know what you're going to do. I want you to know what I'm going to do. Uh, no matter what my minutes, if I, I may not play again this year, but if I do, I want him to understand that I'm a guy that he can lean on. Um, and that goes for a lot of the guys. So it's just, like I said, got a lot of days keep adding up.
6: Ben Anderson, KSL
4: So Jarrell you're playing against more experienced guys on nights like this,
8: but you're also playing with more experienced guys. How does that help your game?
4: yeah you know when you get to play with great players um it, it'll help you um so for me like I say that's a blessing I'm on the number one team in the league my job is to be a sponge I'll be a sponge learn and when the opportunity comes you know um help the team so I got the I was I had the opportunity to do so today uh and hopefully I get another opportunity but
6: Andy Larson Salt Lake Tribune
8: did you know going into the game that you were going to play a little bit today? Or, or was that kind of a when Queen calls your name from the bench, was it a surprise or kind of how did that work?
4: Um, I mean, I, I kind of had a feeling. Um, you know, just the way things have been going on this team. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of try to tell myself every day that I'm gonna play. Um, even if I know there's no shot, but just mentally um preparing myself to be ready and to be be useful for my team. So, uh, I think in a lot of ways, I've been prepared for this moment since the beginning of the season.
6: Last question, follow-up from Sarah Todd. Well, I know that you relish the moments that on the defensive end, and you going against a guy like Dort, and he's playing so well. What, is, what do you have to keep in your mind, and is that something that you're looking forward to and that you're happy that you're tasked with?
4: Yeah, now nah, that's special. Um, to get to get the task to uh, guard the person who's gonna have the ball in their hand the most. Um, I think I take pride in my defense. Uh, I don't want I don't want the offensive player to score on me. Um, and that's just kind of where how I was brought up. How I was brought up. So it's special to be in that position, and it's special that our teammate, my teammates, and the coaches trusted me with that role and with that task. And uh, you know, it's it's amazing. These moments are amazing. Today was amazing. So um, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but. Today was amazing.
6: Okay, that's it. Thank you, Jarrell.
4: What a great last quote right there
2: from Jarrell Brandley. Ten, ten was points. Amazing. Yeah, four yeah. or five shooting, two of three, and he was great. And he played great defense, and he and he took full advantage of his opportunity.
3: Think about what that's like, Jake, to go from a DNP on the reg to twenty-two minutes, and and uh, giving your team a lift the way he did. Uh, that that would feel great,
4: wouldn't
2: yep. it? No doubt. And, and uh, you were right. You've you've kind of been talking about it throughout the post game. I dig his vibe. He, he's uh, he's obviously got a got a good perspective, upbeat guy,
10: and yeah. certainly
2: uh, seems appreciative. All right, should we get to uh, some stat nuggets, uh, Gordon? Should we fly through these real quick? Sure. Uh, stats coming in from our friend Tyson Ewing. He does stats for the AT T Sports Broadcast and sends us a few nuggets for the post game. Follow him on Twitter at tyewing2. All right, Gordon, the Jazz are now, uh, let's see here. They are now 31-0, and they have runs of at least 10-0 this season. They had two such runs tonight. They are, Jazz are now 10-1 and on the second night of back-to-backs this season, which is a wild number. That's extremely impressive. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mike Conley had the most assists by a Jazz man since March 27th of 2019 when Joe Ingles had 14. And, it, by the way, uh, is season high for Mike when it comes to assists.
3: Yeah, 14 uh, Fourteen is reminiscent of uh, the holy one, John Stockton.
2: Oh, Gordon. Said his name out loud.
3: <laughs> well, he's not Magic Johnson, but he's pretty darn good.
2: Uh, well, when it comes to assists, he's better than Magic. see <laughs> what. Uh, this was the first time since uh, January 18 2019 where three different jazz players had a double double George Niang Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley that's really yeah. impressive yeah uh, let's see through the first 10 minutes of the first quarter and the last eight and a half minutes of the fourth jazz shot a combined six of 33 that's just 18 uh, percent four of 16 to start two of 17 to close from the two minute mark of the first, uh, and the 8:30 mark of the fourth, they were 30 of 53 for 57%. So it was, it was almost exactly opposite of the Washington game.
3: So it's feast or famine.
2: It has been the last two games.
3: Or famine or our feast. I, I, isn't that weird? I mean, what's going on? What, what's causing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we ask Quinn that question, he would say uh, all the things that lead up to the shot. <laughs> and he'd be
2: right, too. Uh, Mike Conley has only had one other game in his career where he finished with more assists than he had tonight. His career high is 15 back on March 12, 2013. And uh, this match is uh, the final one tonight. This match is the largest comeback win of the season. They also trailed by 17 in their win against New Orleans on January 21st.
3: What that tells me is they were playing a bad team.
2: New Orleans isn't a bad team. They came back on them.
3: Yeah, okay. Right, a, non, a non-playoff team.
2: Where's New Orleans? Are they in the playoffs? They're close.
3: Mm, I don't think they're quite there.
2: Let's see. I don't, I
3: don't have the standings in front of me. But, I do. Uh,
2: they are 11th I, at 25 and 29.
3: So yeah.
2: I bet I they about. they'll make the play-in scenario. I'd bet on.
3: Uh, maybe. Uh, by the way, a format I really like.
2: I think it's uh, good oh, idea. let's not argue about that again. Let's not okay. that. All right. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, your final tonight from uh, Vivint Arena, 106 to 96, Jazz Beat the Thunder. I want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get Gordo's final thoughts on this one coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Baisley.
0: Days- Left side. Pulls Gobert out. Oh, I'm going to try it. I'm driving to the rack. I got it rejected. Oh, gosh. I haven't seen that every night all year in the NBA.
2: David Locke on the call. Your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMAuto.com. Driven by you. Jazz win tonight 106 to 96. Post game show brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson filling in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Gorda, before we close the book on this one, let's get a a few final thoughts from you.
3: Well, the key word for this game tonight was survival. The Jazz survived it. Because, look, five games in seven days, uh, this is a compacted schedule. We all know that. A little bit different, but for the Jazz to be able to put a wrap on that, and then have a couple days off before they go at it again is uh, is admirable no matter who you're playing. And let's face it, the Oklahoma City Thunder are a, a substandard NBA team right now that tries real hard, that plays real hard, and the Jazz had to weather that storm, and they did, and now they can get some rest to sort of put themselves back together again and be ready to go as a more genuine Authentic article of the Utah Jazz moving forward.
2: While uh, you have the vehicle of the post game, do you want to give a, a tease for an upcoming column? Uh,
3: no, I, I mean I have one coming. Uh, but but uh, I, no, you just I want to
2: blindside it. us with it? Just bam,
3: <laughs> hit you over the head with <laughs> it.
2: Here it comes. Punish you with it. <laughs>
3: No, it's, uh, I got one coming up, but uh, nothing really to tease at this
2: point. All right. Uh, well, Gordo, the Jazz win tonight. They beat Oklahoma City. They were shorthanded. They now have a couple of days off to rest, which I think is going to be a good thing for everybody. You heard Locke talk about how tomorrow is probably going to be one of those lockout days where they don't come by and get any work. And, you know, uh, they right now, you know, it's late in the season. I don't know how much they'd be practicing in a normal year, but in, in a year like this, I think the rest might be more important than than getting a heavy workout in,
3: right? And it'll be interesting to see how the Jazz handle these situations moving down because they do want to hang on to that number one seed, but they don't want to wear themselves out. And boy, anybody who is watching what happened with the Denver Nuggets uh, last night uh, is uh, it, that has to be a reminder to everyone to be careful out there. Make sure your guys are ready to go when the when the second season starts. And I think the Jazz are very well. Aware of that, I think to put a wrap on this is is to requote what uh, what Jerrell Brantley said. He, he said with his opportunity to play that today was amazing. He yeah. said, and really, I mean, his his performance I think is the highlight because that's what the Jazz are looking for. They're looking for guys who might be able to help them uh, moving forward, and I, I think that kid has a chance.
2: Yeah, I thought Brantley was great tonight. I, I yeah. totally agree. All right. We want to say uh, a big thank you to David Locke and Ron Boone calling all the action tonight to uh, doing their normal fine work. Thanks to John Kiefer, who is our broadcast assistant. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Our boy Lundy doing a great job. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the post game show. Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. And Gordon, thank you, my friend. You're you're always so kind to, uh, to step up and help us out when we need it. And, uh, serious, uh, coach Lacombe does a great job, but, uh, when we can get you to, to pinch hit, that's, that's not bad.
3: The pleasure, Jake is mine.
2: Well, buddy, you, uh, you get some rest and, uh, we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow about uh, 2 PM. What do you say?
3: <laughs> yes, we will. And, uh, it'll be a lot of fun then too.
2: Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, uh, Jazz win tonight, 106-96 to 96 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Next up, they'll take on Indiana on Friday afternoon. Remember, it's an afternoon game. A game will tip off at 1 o'clock. Pre-game begins at noon. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.